your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we get underway, I did want to tell you about one of our other great podcasts because you need more hockey news and Locked On NHL is here to fill the gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the NHL. Subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's show, there are a couple of interesting discussions to be had. One of them pertains the Minnesota Wild and a couple of major buyouts, and whether or not the Jets should actually pursue at least one or both of the players that were bought out. Are either of these veterans actual upgrades on the team? I would say so, but maybe not for the Jets. We'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about some thoughts about the Andrew Kopp news, which apparently from, uh, I believe, Elliot Friedman's podcast, or 31 Thoughts, is, is trending towards Kopp not being a Jet for much longer. Something I've discussed on this podcast in previous episodes because this divorce has seemingly been in the works for a long time. It was just a question of when it would happen. Finally, I thought I would talk a little bit about some like stuff in brief from the upcoming draft and maybe some prospects to keep an eye out for, and some thoughts on why maybe Owen Power shouldn't go first overall. First, though, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild, because this was a pretty groundbreaking, earth-shattering moment when it happened, but the Wild have bought out both Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Both had multiple years left on their deals, but when you actually look at the salaries and cap hits and stuff, it wasn't nearly as bad as just letting the deals expire, in part because I don't believe the cap savings is actually significant. I feel like there was some discussion about this cap space being freed up for Kirill Kaprizov, but I don't know if that is specifically why they made this move now. Um, there are some, of course, questions about what exactly the intention was and whether or not Minnesota really made a great choice here. But that aside, you know, Parise and Suter are now free agents, and I think a lot of teams are going to be very interested. Parise at this stage of his career is basically like a third or a fourth line winger. I think he can provide some goal scoring boosts and decent play driving ability. Not much that I would say is is really worth throwing a lot of money at, but if you need a depth forward on a cheap contract or something, I could see Parise filling a need somewhere. I don't know where it's going to be. It could be the New York Islanders. Maybe Uncle Lou finally gets his man back, but aside from that, I can't really imagine that too many teams are, are looking to bring in Parise. I say this, of course, but lots of NHL teams probably will try to make a pass at him because everyone loves a grindy depth forward. I think Parise is probably more of the finesse type of player with some good goal-scoring ability, but I'd limit expectations. He's probably closer to, like, Louis Erickson level when Erickson was first arriving in Vancouver than somebody who's going to find instant success in a new team. The more uh, major free agent that would be available is Ryan Suter. Ryan is definitely on the downtrend as far as like his on-ice performance is concerned, but what he does bring is really good transition offense. As far as like blue liners are concerned, he's less focused on defending and more on attacking presence. He's got really nice vision, he's got pretty decent distribution, he's got a, a solid shot. I think he could rack up a lot of points on a mobile back end. 
if you give him a partner like, say, Dylan DeMello, I think it would actually work out tremendously well. DeMello's very good at shoring up the details and essentially monitoring defensive activities while allowing a more aggressive, attacking-minded D to press deeper into the offensive zone. Maybe you could try Morrissey Suter together. I don't think that that would be my ideal situation. I think Morrissey probably needs somebody like DeMello just to carry him. But a guy like Suter I would bring in on a two- to three-year contract for around three to three and a half million per season. If you brought him in for like one to two years at three and a half or so, I think that's also very fair. But, you know, I think Suter will have a lot of suitors. <laughs> Pun intended or something, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Ryan is probably going to be a very hot commodity because I think the impression of him is that he's still a top 4D, which is actually a correct impression this time. And a lot of teams could use somebody who's very attacking oriented, will probably rack up points, and is seen as somebody who can mentor and eat up minutes. Which, you know, Ryan does actually check off a lot of these boxes. While he's maybe not the most elite defender like he used to be, he's still pretty darn good. And, like, as a second pairing guy who maybe plays 20-ish minutes a night, I think he'd be a fit for just about any team that's looking for a moderate attacking defender. Not somebody who's really focused on shutting down passing lanes and stuff on his own end, but Ryan could probably provide at least some level of offensive support. So, in, in my mind, I feel like he'd actually be great for the Jets. You know, Winnipeg didn't really acquire anyone at the trade deadline. There was no Savard, there was no Mike Riley. So, as far as, like, upgrades are concerned, the Jets really didn't bring in anyone significant. But Suter might actually move the needle just slightly. Not enough to really, uh, I would say, make me excited about next season, but he gives the Jets a bit more balance on the back end. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Suter is a skilled veteran who can eat minutes, be productive, and essentially mask and shield the third pairing a bit more. If your third pairing includes, like, a, a Logan Stanley and a Derek Forbort mixed with, like, Tucker Pullman, it's probably livable. I'd prefer Vili Heinola, of course, in some capacity, but Heinola probably doesn't want to play with defenders who are going to leave him out to dry. Maybe try, like, a Heinola-Pullman pairing in soft minutes. I think that that would be a very good way to get Heinola acclimated to this level. But I think at the end of the day, I, I, I doubt Ryan would actually sign with the Jets. I know he is actually relatively close across the border, but... I don't know if he wants to go home somewhere, or maybe even join Seattle for a new, fresh start. He's kind of at the stage of his career where I think actually winning a cup would probably be more of a salient issue for him. And unfortunately, the Jets don't really tick off that box as a true contender, but Suter would really help on the back end, and I would be thrilled to have him on a, a basically a free transfer. Get him on a good value contract, and you're, you know, pretty much enjoying happy days. I'd love to know what you think about Suter and if you think he should come to the Jets or if Winnipeg should even pursue him or if the Jets should try another option. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Be the GM of the Jets for a day. Speaking of Jets GMing, we have an upcoming move that seems like it could happen this week. Either Andrew Kopp gets re-signed or he gets traded. And I'll talk about what each would probably entail in just a moment. Before then though, I wanted to tell you about why RockAuto.com should be the only place you buy your auto part replacements. Out in the great yonder, there are literally thousands of makes and models of vehicles. If you've ever done car shopping or even looking for just the basics like car part replacements and stuff, you know that it's a bit of a hassle. Going out to an auto parts store is something of a struggle because oftentimes you've got so many different varieties of vehicles that there's no way your local auto parts store can actually keep up. They're not going to have what you need in stock. So instead of wasting time and money, go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their intuitive, easy-to-use website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best Best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in-store pricing. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right? Locked on the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now transitioning from talking about, you know, uh, upcoming free agents to, unfortunately for the Jets, a free agent of their own that they have to contend with. I am, of course, referring to Andrew Kopp, who I think the Jets, in a lot of ways, value pretty highly. I think Kopp's a great player. He's very versatile. He can play on pretty much any line on the uh, on the Jets, and I feel like provides some kind of value, you know, whether you're looking for defensive value in transition, a little bit of a forechecking presence, some good grindy physicality in front of the net to create chaos in the crease, or a pretty good set of hands for some nice passes and distribution. Kopp really does bring a well-rounded skill set. He can basically do just about anything you ask of him. And while he's probably not, you know, a, a 25 or 30 goal scorer necessarily, he does chip an offense at a pretty regular interval, and his scoring rates always look pretty good under the surface. This year, he posted 39 points in 55 games, which, yeah, looks like a pretty good top six player. So you might be wondering why I think it's actually a good idea for the Jets to part with Cop uh, and let him move on to another team. I think the biggest question with Cop is how much of his success is repeatable. You know, he's he's 27, he's always been very good under the surface, but in terms of his ability to be like a regular scoring forward at this level, and especially cast in the sort of roles that the Jets have given him over the past couple of seasons, I don't know if Cop is really capable of doing all of that again. You know, we were playing in something of a, a softer division, relatively speaking, and so it is, in some ways, likely that you'll see inflated scorelines from a lot of players. With Cop, I still think that in a full 82-game season of, like, regular play against regular division opponents and stuff, he's still, like, a 35-40 to 40 point forward, but that's obviously not at the same rate that he was scoring this year. If he were to get extended, I would I would imagine that he'd be looking for like a five-year or six-year deal at around four and a half to five million. Given the current contract market as far as extensions are concerned, especially with COVID financing and stuff, I feel like going beyond that is definitely not possible, and I don't think anyone really should be offering him more than that, at least comparatively speaking, right? On the one hand, I really like Cop, and I think he actually brings a lot to the Jets that, you know, hasn't always been appreciated. I think he does a lot for Winnipeg that doesn't really go uh, on the radar for most fans and stuff, so, you know, Cop is a really important player. But I, I think in order to get the most out of him, he'd need to be getting, like, regular top six minutes, and he needs to be played with skill. With what the Jets seem to do with him these days, I don't really feel like that's going to happen, so I'm kind of concerned about signing him for such a, a big, you know, cap hit for a decent amount of term, especially if all he's going to do is play on that third line with Lowry again. If that's the case, then there's not really much of a point in extending him instead of just putting someone else there who's, you know, functionally a very similar player. I'd actually prefer Lowry to get some, like, skill on his wing because I think Adam and Cop together don't really work all that well. You know, in previous years, maybe it did, but... Both have fallen off together if they're on the same line, so that's not something that I'm keen to see, but we know Maurice loves that combo. So, yeah, not really an ideal situation in terms of bringing in somebody for like four and a half million, only to be thrust on a line that doesn't really suit his skill sets or work all that well. So, I think the better option is to explore trading him. You know, Seattle's coming up with a, a major expansion draft. Winnipeg wants to protect Mason Appleton, but probably has to choose between a cop or an Appleton. And quite honestly, I don't think Winnipeg really wants to lose Andrew for nothing. So if you're looking for a trading partner, I think that there are a couple of teams that would love a player like Cop. You know, the Vancouver Canucks could conceivably be one great fit. 
I don't know what Cop is valued on the market, but I, I would have to say that his, his value is definitely inflated because of his scoring this year. I, I think if you're going to move him, now would be the time to do it because a lot of teams are going to see 39 and 55 and think, that's a great second-line player, maybe even fringe first-liner. And while that actually is more on target than people may realize, I still think that a couple of second-round picks for him makes a lot of sense. That was one suggestion that I saw on Twitter, you know, similar to the Victor Arvidsson deal. I'm curious to know if, if Cop's value as like a center maybe inflates him a little bit, you know, especially with the scoring this year and his perception as like a really good two-way and, and PK player. I wonder if you could squeeze something a little bit better. I don't think like a first round pick or anything is coming Winnipeg's way. If it was, I would basically take the deal immediately, pending the conditions around said pick, but I think that there's a, a decent amount of value that the Jets could still accrue from like second rounders or prospects. If there was to be a larger deal for a, a player like, say, Brock Besser, which has been floated around in some group chats I'm in, and certainly um, some folks are exploring different partners in Vancouver, and, and Besser continues to be one that a lot of people are, like, super hot to trot for, I, I think that there is a, a move to be made there potentially, but it would require a decent increase in value from Winnipeg's end. If it was to be some sort of package involving Cop for Besser... I would have to imagine that Cop is probably the more well-rounded of the two players, but Besser is the better goal scorer, and I think, you know, anyone who's not really a, a possession or play-driving drag on the ice and can basically drive shooting percentages, for me, that's looking like a pretty good winger and something that Winnipeg right now just does not have enough of. Every player on Winnipeg seems to have like a monkey's paw curse where, aside from Nikolai Ehlers, everyone else has some astoundingly big cosmetic flaw to go with their really great skill set. Besser does kind of have an issue with his health, and I think that that's the biggest question with him. Is his shoulder good enough to play going forward? I don't know. I, I, I really can't say that. I'm not a medical expert. And I'm sure the Jets would be at least, you know, a little bit nervous about that going forward because, you know, Winnipeg plays in a pretty physically in intensive division. Hockey itself is a very contact sport, and Besser gets hurt a lot. But if Brock could stay healthy, he'd be a massive boost to Winnipeg's top six, and I think his goal-scoring ability and spatial navigation make him a pretty unique threat. I'd love to bring him on, but I could also see the Jets trying for Nate Schmidt, who seems like he wants out. Schmidt would be a great pickup for the Jets. I know that Nate maybe had some issues in the past season playing for Vancouver, but Schmidt is the exact kind of defender that Winnipeg needs. It probably won't happen, but if the Jets could swing a Schmidt deal involving a cop package, I think that actually makes a lot of sense for both parties. Otherwise, Winnipeg will be looking for some moderate draft picks, and I think that there would be at least a couple of teams that would be interested in it. You know, Cop uh, is a great player. He could basically upgrade just about any team looking for, like, a middle six center or winger. And his extremely versatile skill set means that he is a menace in the right situations. And so, you know, Winnipeg's got real options, and I hope that they make the right one. Tell me what you would do with Andrew Cop on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Would you sign him? Would you trade him? Or would you do something else completely? Let me know on Twitter. Speaking of Seattle expansion draft-related things, there is another draft, of course, that will be occurring around the same time, and that is the NHL entry draft. This year, you know, the, the first overall pick seems to be moving towards Owen Powers, but, you know, I'm not 100% convinced that I would go that route. I'll tell you why in just a little bit. Before we talk about Owen Powers, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international football, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has every sport for the sports lover out there. 
Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, register for a free account at BetOnline.ag using your laptop or mobile device, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON at registration to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration for a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now moving on to the NHL entry draft and some thoughts on the first overall pick that has been projected by a number of different organizations. That pick is going to be Owen Powers. This year's draft is a little bit interesting. I feel like the, the number one pick is probably a little bit more contestable than in previous years. Owen's a unique pick this year because I feel like there aren't many defenders who are his stature with his mobility um, and certainly his, his stick handling and shooting, but... I th- I feel like this is probably one of the more risky first round picks I've seen just because power for me is very raw. I think he has a lot of interesting tool sets and oftentimes relies on them a bit too much, but when it comes to like decision making and and some of the IQ related plays that, you know, Will Scouch was very helpful in pointing out on some of his videos on power, it leads me to wonder what exactly his projected future is going to be. Will Scouching is great if you ever want to follow him on his Patreon or certainly his YouTube videos. He does really good shift-by-shift analysis that helps you better understand a more complete portrait of a player and a prospect. Because when you go to YouTube, you often just see highlights, right? But highlights don't really give you a sense of how players, when they're not scoring, handle things. And that's kind of why I have some question marks about Powers. I I think he has a lot of really cool raw tools, and if he actually hits his ceiling, which is a very mobile first-pairing defender... I think that there's a lot to like there. I'm not a fan of how he moves around the ice in some areas. I feel like he's a touch slow, and it may be partly because his stride is maybe still a work in progress, and he's, you know, he's a big guy, but I think it's also kind of related to decision making. It often seems like he doesn't really know where he's supposed to be in terms of marking the man or reading and anticipating plays ahead of time, and I feel like that sort of stuff that's wasteful puts him in really bad positions. He can kind of bail himself out because he is a big defender with a really long reach, but you'd prefer not to see him put himself under such duress in in getting into these situations. And so, Powers for me, I I don't know how I feel about him, especially as like a first overall pick. I feel like the risk with every pick is is certainly high, you know, very few first-rounders per se become great NHLers. But Powers for me has a lot of work to do, and is the kind of pick that I feel like, as a top 10 pick, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, but as first overall, you know, I don't know about that one. If the Buffalo Sabres end up taking him, it's going to kind of be, for me, at least like another Rasmus Ristolainen situation where I think Powers will do a lot, but I kind of half-jokingly, half-not-jokingly thought of him as like the next Tyler Myers. Tyler, for me, always had issues in, in recognizing danger when it was approaching him, and partly because he just, I don't know, he wasn't really aware of the situation, and so he would go through these motions that don't actually match what the situation is requiring, and he'd often turn the puck over, he'd get pressured, he'd make a bad choice at either end of the ice, and so, you know, a lot of what his value was was scoring and skating really effectively inside the attacking areas, which Powers can do a lot of that. I, I just don't know if his overall package as a player is is the kind of, uh, I guess, dynamic defender I'm looking for. I feel like Heinola for me is like a lot more of what I want out of a modern defender. Powers has like a lot of the raw tool sets, I just don't know if the brain connect is going to be there. I think, of course, there are a number of really good choices this year. Luke Hughes is great. I think, you know, Matt Beignet is amazing. There's a ton of really great attacking forwards and some pretty solid two-way defenders. But, 
you know, Powers as your leading candidate this year, it's going to be interesting. He could be the kind of player that blossoms at the pro level, but I've seen, you know, what it took to get Logan Stanley to be an approachable, passable NHLer, and I'm not sure how that's going to translate for someone like Owen. Logan kind of keeps his game very simple and kind of has to because, you know, again, he has some decision-making issues, and his overall skill set and tool sets aren't exactly high-end, I would say. Um, Owen has a lot more flair to his game, but I could see him getting into similar situations where he doesn't recognize the threat fast enough and ends up making the wrong choice. But I'd love to know what you think about him. Maybe you think the Buffalo Sabres are going to get a great defender in him. I wonder where he actually falls because, you know, the first overall pick this year, it's a little bit of a mess. I feel like you could choose a couple of different candidates and have a strong argument. So be sure to let me know who you would draft at first overall. That will do it for tonight's episode, though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts so you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.